Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Breton Confliction. Oh, well, come on. Stop having a go at the woman that's announces you're being recorded. She's putting us right off. Well, I don't like robots well, talking well, to us. Well, she's not a robot. She might be a real person. But this, oh, she's not? this is Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus Euro 2021 special. <laughs> is that the year 2021? It is. It's called Euro 2020, but it is 2021. Hello, my name's Cliff. Brett. Uh, yes, I'm Brett. Hello. Yes, say hello. I've, I've been uh, writing a lot of dates down recently, and I've been putting 2020. <laughs> but have you been writing dates in 2020? I've, I've, yeah. Huh? No, well, no, that like dates that were about 2020. Is the year 2021? Is that the year that we're living in currently? Yes. Is it? Yes. You see, it's this COVID thing, isn't it? I've just lost a whole year. So I still <laughs> think it's 2020. Well, you're making us question myself now, but I'm pretty sure it's 2021. See, no, you don't even know? No, I did know, but you've put the doubts up, up, up as... <laughs> <laughs> put the doubts up. You put the willies up. worse than that, isn't it? When you put the doubts up. So the, willy, the willies up here is worse. I'm still not. I'm still not convinced. It's 2021. Yeah. Still not convinced. What? What's your favourite ice cream? Oh, not that. I'm not. I'm not an eight-year-old child. What is it, Mister Clifford? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I don't really like ice cream. That you know what? I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not Good. bothered what yours is or what any stranger tells us theirs is either. I really. <laughs> Don't care, but I've been told a lot. Apparently, what's, what's your? Well, it's yours. Apparently, rum and raisin is very popular amongst the strangers. Ugh. Well, that's not on, is it? That's, it's, a, it's an it's awful lot. I mean, what raisins? Do the raisins also get ice cream? A children's food. Rum and raisins not acceptable. Yeah. Is it? It's a child's food. Yeah. <laughs> they might as well just put vodka in it. But do the uh, the raisins get frozen? Do you reckon? I've got, I've got no idea. I've never I've never had it because I've got no oh, interest uh-huh. in that flavour of ice cream whatsoever. Well, oh, then what's your favourite? Your mint chocolate chip. We've made this mint chocolate chip. I made this blatantly obvious on my Twitter account, and I've had umpteen 
response is going, no, it's not. Said, to be fair, I said, you're, I think we can all agree. You're allowed to have your own opinion, though. I know, but Surely. I said, I think we can all agree that it's the best. I think what I should have said was, my favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. But what I made the mistake of saying, I think mm-hmm. we can all agree the best flavor is this. And I think that invited people's opinions upon us, which... That you honest, didn't want. I, yeah, I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever have an ice cream is when I'm, if I'm on holiday and it's very warm, that's all. Mm-hmm. What flavor would you have? Well, when you go, for example, if you go to Spain, there's an abundance of flavors. Mm-hmm. Some flavors that aren't traditional flavors. Yeah, yeah. For example, bubble gum. Yep. You know, I mean, that's flavor, not a good flavor. Which, really. uh, I don't think I had. It's not, is it? I think I had sorbet or something like that. I can't remember what I had. Lemon sorbet or something. That's nice. Refreshing. Refreshing, yeah. On a long walk when the sweat is dripping off you and you're feeling uh-huh. very sexy. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what people say? Oh, I had a lot of people saying vanilla is their favorite flavor. You know what I say to those people? Get a fucking license. <laughs> You see, you are. You you write on people for that uh, ice cream choices. You're saying that you don't care, but really, yeah, but they've told me what their favorite is. I, did, I told you about that kid who I coached, didn't I? Who uh, I, I had it was pancake day, and I was doing a course or whatever football <laughs> is it course. Pancake day. <laughs> is it pancake day? No, and uh, I asked them all what they have on their on their pancakes, and they all said the traditional stuff. Obviously, the best is jam and sugar, because that's course. the best. Yeah, you but don't really need sugar up. on top of jam, do you? You do, you do. I used to dip strawberries into sugar and eat the, eat the strawberries. But this that's one good. kid put his hand up and went, tomato sauce. And <laughs> the pancakes. <laughs> on the pancakes. <laughs> that's awful, isn't it? Absolutely wrong. You but when he's you actually of... having pancakes, I think he's probably just having bread with tomato sauce yeah. on <laughs> But what do you think of people who eat the tomato sauce sandwiches? I think that's um, I think it. I think, that's I think it's okay. I've. Uh, I think my brother and my dad have them. I had them. Right, so you've got to say it's okay. Yeah, but I. I don't like tomato sauce, so my opinion of it is it's a rubbish sandwich. But I would never have. I, the I, I would never have a brown sauce sandwich. <laughs> you wouldn't go that. You wouldn't go that far. Would you? I mean, I love brown uh, sauce. I much prefer brown sauce to tomato sauce. But I would never have uh-huh. it in a sandwich. No, no have way. You, uh, have you uh, just banned the tomato sauce because you like Paolo Di Canio? Is that what it is? I haven't banned it. It's allowed. <laughs> <I just don't laughs> it's allowed. Right. Anyway, what's well, the uh, what's the metal step ladders doing behind you? <laughs> 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 well, what I was going to do, actually, and I forgot to do it, and now I look, just look like a tramp, right? What I was going to do, because we're doing a football podcast this week, is hang football boots on the... On... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I don't think it would look very So good. it looks like the boot roof. <laughs> well, I, I, hold on. I'll give it a shot, right? I'll give it a shot. Hang okay, on. go and put a pair of boots on there. At this point, Brett is hanging some of his child's boots on some metal step ladders and no just one pair one pair just one boot uh 
I don't think it's award winning. Uh, I wouldn't get on the BBC, would I? With the backgrounds. I don't think so. Yeah. Have you seen Noel Gallagher? No, I don't think uh, I have you seen Noel Gallagher sticking up for the Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no. What's he doing that for? He's having a go. At, up for the queen. He's having a go at, uh, at Harry. Harry. Uh-huh. I was going to say Harry Wilson. That's not his name, is it? Harry Prince. No, Harry boys. Prince. Um, he's having a go at him, saying he shouldn't slag off his family. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit ironic, isn't it? Just saw that just before we came on. Have you watching anything on the telly? No, nothing that I can remember. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because okay, all I've been doing <laughs> all I've been doing is getting up at four o'clock in the morning, which is not a nice time to get no, up in the morning. A, it's a really bad time to get up. It, However, it I assume time. you're well, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. I'm getting up at four o'clock yeah. in the morning just to be up. <laughs> right. Well, that's fair enough when you've got a baby. But if you do, if anybody does get up um at that time in the morning, for some reason. The pigeons, loads of pigeons, like they just stay on the road and they don't get out of the way of your car when you're driving out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, in we'll the middle of the road. Move, like in the daytime, we'll move out the way. But <laughs> yeah. This is our You're not going to do this time. in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This, this is what we do. We sleep in the road. That's what we do. Yeah. So that was a bit weird. That's definitely the earliest I've been to work and uh, not an enjoyable experience. Okay. Well, I feel for you. But yeah, I haven't really been watching that much. I've been a bit of Coronation Street, a bit of that Inside Number Nine, which is the series has got a bit better from the first one. Uh, Any more taserings on the street? Uh, no more tasers, but I did watch that one, and <laughs> I don't think it deserved to be on after nine pm for that reason. <laughs> I like that she just appeared. I like that way that I mean, she just appeared. I, I think if she'd been brilliant. tasered and one of her tits fell out, then <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Put it on post 9 p.m. <laughs> just being tasered. I don't think it was worth a uh, watershed. Yeah. If, if she had been tasered and then teabagged, that, so, would, that would have warranted can it. I, can I just also disqualify? I, I I wouldn't have wanted to see that, but I think it would you, have been, Yeah, um, you would. No, not that not that lady. But I think if it would have been more after 9 p.m., <laughs> it would have been fair enough. But it wasn't to be. <laughs> you but... do want to see T-Bag on Coronation Street, don't you? You do. Who would who would be the man who would T-Bag? Who would you pick out of Coronation Street Dev. people? The answer is always Dev. You can't have T-Bag out of there. <laughs> always Dev. Yeah, always Dev. <laughs> Why? He's the greatest actor ever. <laughs> so you'd like to see him T-Bag? I'd like to see reason. him doing it, receiving it, I'd be happy. <laughs> Whatever. That's about it. That's Almost all dinner. I've been up to, other than work. And fantasizing about dev teabagging people. Tasering them and then teabagging them. Teabag uh tasering uh testicles. That's what you want to see. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. You didn't mention that bit. No, but Did I've you? thought about it a little bit more now and that's that's the idea. <laughs> that yeah, that's what you'd like to see. We've got a guest, haven't we? I'm gonna get we're gonna get them on. Football in it? Like I don't know. Like I, I don't think I will watch many of these games. Well, yeah, the friendlies were crap. Weren't they? I'm a bit confused. I'm, I'm a bit confused about why he was he, he played people that he definitely wasn't going to pick for this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there he is. There he is. With, oh, with the England top as well. Yes. Nice yeah. one. Yeah. 
I'm regretting that already. It's a ninety. It's just one of the remakes of the ninety one, but they're yeah. a bit sweaty, aren't they? Yeah, they are definitely. I've I've got the proper <laughs> one, and it's uh, I've got the red one, and it's very tight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm well, gonna have to lose a bit of this weight. This one's before tight. Anyway. This uh-huh. one's tight. God knows what what one from the nineties would be like mm-hmm. on me now. Which what's the recreation yeah. of what what strip is it? Nineteen. It's the Gaza. What? It's the Gaza. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. It's got the number. It's got the number on the back, but they haven't got the rights to have the umbro on it. Okay. Yeah. So not the Euros, then the World Cup. Well, funny. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. Out of all the England shirts, the only one that I never had was the Euro '96 one. Probably because they were incredibly buggy. I always remember my mum coming back uh, from a shop like on the eve of the tournament and she's oh I bought you a shirt and there I was thinking it was an English shirt and she bought me the Dutch shirt and that was baggy <laughs> that that was massive it was like yeah, a, I... like it was like something you could wear to bed sort of thing and you wouldn't need a quilt yeah. anymore it was that big <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even introduce Luke before he came on because we were everyone shocked. knows who he is everyone knows who he is it's bro. Luke from the Mariners we've had him on before he's back he was talking about the Beatles last time now he's talking about football because you're a massive football yes. fan, Luke, and in fact, you're, you're a football artist. Tell us about that. I am, fo- I am a football artist, yeah. I, um, I basically draw draw football grounds, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. That's a simple way of putting it. Yeah, grounds from sort of the outside. So I've got a sort of a, a romantic notion with no like the whole approach to the ground to sort of remind you of as a, as a kid when you first went to the games with mm-hmm. your parents or yeah. whatever or whoever it is that you went to the games with. And I always, mm-hmm. I always like the approach to the grounds more than anything, yeah. all the anticipation and the hope. So, yeah, I started drawing. I don't know what made me start, really. I, I, I did a few doodles. I had some space on my walls at home. Um, mm-hmm. and I, did, I did one of Meadow Lane because my, my club's Notts County. And, uh, yeah, from, from there on, I, I, people, people liked them. I started selling them. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, do all sort, I do all sorts now. As a kid, the best thing about going to the match is the approach, isn't it? When you can, like, you can see the floodlights and stuff like that. Because it, it always, in traditional old grounds and stuff like that, used to be in housing estates, really, didn't it? That's so it. I used to always look forward to catching the, the floodlights first. Yeah, the ground used to sort of creep up on you because yeah. you'd be in, the middle of, in, like, terrace streets. Yeah, but to, to go to the other question that you asked me, uh, my favourite ground to draw has probably been uh, White Hart Lane because I've sold the most. Okay, good. And doesn't uh, even I have, a, <laughs> I, have, I have a soft spot for the clubs, that, um, the fans that buy the most. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you, you've done a Roker Park, haven't you? Oh, you've got that. Yeah, park, we got one. Yeah, we. Uh huh. We yeah, got that, a Roker Park. That's the, that's done really well as well. Since you guys gave that a shout out, we're going back and probably six seven months ago now but yeah since that, that that's done really well as well and again it's it's an it's a not i think it's a nice view it's it's a very iconic view that i did of roker park so as a kid did you get there many away games and stuff like that did you do you go to many of the matches and stuff as I, an I, did, I did i did in the late 80s so my first full season having a season ticket was 88 mm-hmm. 89 and the first two seasons i followed knots we went home and away and we went Wembley yeah. both seasons. And it was the first time Notts had been yeah. to Wembley in their history. Um, mm-hmm. so, I, so I thought I thought supporting your football team, you got to go to Wembley every year. That was like yeah. the first sort of introduction I had to it. And then after, mm-hmm. after that, for Notts, it's been almost a miserable existence ever since. Um, yeah. But yeah, we went to quite a few. Back, back then, Notts County seemed to be in the same division as a lot of local clubs as well. So like mm-hmm. the other lot on the other side of the river, they, they, they were in the same division at times 
yeah. Leicester, Derby, Coventry. So it was quite nice that you, you could have a handful of clubs in a, in a short distance that you could travel. But sort of yeah. early 90s, I started playing a bit a little bit seriously myself. So uh-huh. our games started get I started playing a bit more in the mornings and then you didn't have time to necessarily get to games. So as the 90s sort of wore on, I was playing more than I was watching. So I kind of lost yeah. a little bit. I lost a little mm-hmm. bit of that um, sort of love that you get in that sense. And it wasn't yeah. until I stopped playing again that I started going down again that you sort of find it rekindle rekindle it all a little bit. Yeah. Well, just one more thing. The the best thing about going to a football match for me, it's uh, as well as like you said, seeing the floodlights and the, the approach and the excitement and stuff like that, is when it, you were so close to the pitch that you could smell the grass if it was like yeah. raining or whatever. Yeah. We, 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 that we, was just magical. That way you could smell the grass. It was just amazing. Yeah, some sometimes we'd get we just get shoved to the front. So again, as as the yeah. kids, me and my cousins would get shoved right to the yeah. front. So you're literally uh-huh. on the advertising boards at the front, sort of leaning over. Yeah. You had the steel bar in front of you, and you're just leaning uh-huh. over, sort of watching the game. And yeah, that was amazing. And it was yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like you said, there's just the smells and just being within touching uh-huh. distance. But uh, we're going to talk about Euro '96, aren't we? Which uh, yep. was a wonderful tournament, a mag- magnificent tournament. But yeah, I, I just look back. That that to me is like the best summer of my childhood. It's mm-hmm. it was just amazing, and I, I I I was fortunate enough to be living in the city centre in Nottingham. I was like a stone's throw from where there was some games games happening. Okay. I got to go to one of the games. It wasn't a, it wasn't a thriller, but again, it was nice to be sort of involved. And the road that we lived on, you had all like the bunt no no the lamp posts. All the host cities had like bunting coming from the lamppost okay, and flags, yeah. um, and you saw that the Euro '96 sticker was on all the like the road signs pointing people mm-hmm. in the direction of the ground. So yeah, you felt like you was proper part of it in in a, in a city as well. I think we've said before. I came to football a little bit late, so as Brett, you probably would say uh, Italia '90. You can remember like Gaza and all of that. Like I feel uh-huh. like I can remember it because of all the clips, and obviously we all know it, but. I can't remember really. I we I would have been nine at the time. I didn't really watch it. Nineteen ninety, I think, was the the time for me when I, I I just fell in love with football. That's that's when I fell in love with it, and it's still my favorite tournament because it's the first one that I remember. This is my second favorite tournament, Euro '96. I would say. I mean, the, 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 I, I still watched all of all of the games and stuff like that. You know, previous tournaments and things. But we've already done the, the Graham Taylor sort of era, haven't we? Yeah. And like the style of football from when Venable t- sort of took the, the, the team over and stuff like that's completely different if you watch it to going back to like, you know, a few years later with or earlier rather with, with Taylor. It's much better, more technical and stuff like that. And Nin- he's letting 90- Gaza just, just play, isn't he? Yeah, 1990 and 96, they just, they seem, they don't seem six years, they feel like they're decades apart, don't they? In yeah. terms of how much football had changed in that space of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, um, definitely, yeah. And, and they're, they're bit like yourself, they're, they're my favourite two tournaments. But I think if you, at the same time, I sometimes look at look back at them a bit now with a different view. And they, were, they probably weren't the most exciting tournaments, but I think it's I, I think it's all about the age that you're at and sort yeah. of how much it means to you at the time. And mm-hmm. because some of the football, some of the football, especially in 90, wasn't great. But even England in, in 96, the performances... Mm-hmm. The performance against the Netherlands was amazing. Was amazing. That was like that was just yeah. the best game I've ever. I think that's the best game I've ever seen. For forty-five minutes against Scotland, we were good. Uh-huh. The Switzerland game was a bit of a 
non-event. The Spain game was cagey and we, we could have easily lost. So I, I think rather than, I, I look back now and I think rather than thinking the football was amazing, I just think the the, the, the overall riding emotions and yeah. the feelings. Yeah. And like I say, I, was, yeah. I think I was just bang on the right age. If I'd have been two years younger, I don't think I'd have appreciated mm-hmm. it anywhere near as much. Um, mm-hmm. But only only someone a few years younger can tell you whether that's the case or not. But it just yeah, felt like the perfect, perfect, perfect I age. I think that seems about right. I mean, that's that's certainly my experiences of enjoying these tournaments. Is this, like me and Brad said, we were 15. It couldn't be a better age for us to get behind this, and especially as kind of music and the whole thing about England at the time was it was quite exciting. Everything fed into it. It wasn't just football. Like in 1990, it, it, like culture, popular culture, football was part of it. And I think previously that maybe not have been the case. Uh, it was, you know, football was football, and you had football fans, and you had music fans, and whatever, and and you know, you had these guys and these guys. But for 1996, it seemed like everybody just came together, and all yeah. of that stuff yeah. fed into each other. Um, and yeah, the that Holland game, that that's the best England performance ever, surely. That in our lifetime, it's got to be. There's, there's, think, a, there's only one that I could say would rival it, and that was the Germany one away when we won 5 1. Because I was thinking about this sort of earlier. It's either this Holland game or the Germany one, isn't okay. it? I think if I could relive one, I'd, I'd, go, I'd go for just relive the whole occasion like you didn't know what was happening again. It'd be the, yeah. it'd be the Holland game. And uh-huh. I think that, again, because of, of my age, that Germany game, that Germany game was brilliant. But at the same time, I don't think there was mm-hmm. much riding on it in the end, is it? Like we qualified for the World Cup in the end. They did as well. Yeah, they yeah. went on to get to the final. So it, mm-hmm. it didn't have an adverse effect on them as such at the time either. Yeah. But whereas that Netherlands, yeah, everything was riding on it. It was a massive game. It was the big two teams in that group that was expecting to get out. Um, and it was, just yeah. a perfect, yeah. it was just a perfect performance. Everything that could have gone right went right. I think and we're not going to Scots. I was going to say everything that went right, could have gone right <laughs> including conceding a goal at the end. <laughs> I think uh, I think for that was because everybody there's an interesting it. story actually that I was sorry Cliff there was an like... interesting story that I was uh, I found out about that game Gaza turned up and he forgot his boots because you know what Gaza's like he was so excited about playing the game and stuff like that and he had just signed a deal with Adidas so he had to go around the rest of the squad asking them if they had any Adidas boots or whatever and the only person that did was Teddy Sheringham, but he wore eleven and Gaza wore nine, so he just yeah. stuck loads of socks on, and he played a bl- absolute blinder in that game. Gaza, he was absolutely yeah, I brilliant. Th- I think and I've heard that. Just I think I've heard that. that he was wearing the wrong size boots when he was doing it. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that that was also the game. That was also the game pre-game when they. T- I think they turned up at the stadium, and. Um, Gazza ins- insisted that he wouldn't get off the coach until they played three lines on the coach. Yeah, they, didn't co- they didn't have a copy of it, so somebody had to go and find a copy of it, and he refused to, <laughs> he refused to get off the coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I it's think amazing, the thing with, the, with Holland is that because they were always, like, not favourites because they never really, they've never won anything, right? But they were always the team that your dad, like my dad, admired. From because I guess he grew up with Cruyff and all of these guys. My dad, even in, in this time, he, he he really liked and admired the players that played for them. In in my yeah. house, it was certainly the idea that fucking hell, Holland are a great team, whereas England mm-hmm. are just like England. You know, like you, it's hard to like put yeah. England aside, isn't it? 
and I guess it's probably the same for whatever country you're from, it's hard to look at them and go, actually, this is a good team that should do really well or whatever. Yeah. When it's, they had when some big names. They had some big names. The Dutch, that yeah. Dutch side had some big names as well. Oh, they were excellent. Uh-huh. They were, were still a good side. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And then, I think the fact, like, we didn't just beat them. It was so emphatic. And that, I, I think that, that Shira goal, sharing it with Shira, for me, is like that's that's got to be the greatest England goal that I've seen. I think. Well, I would disagree because I think the Gaza one against Scotland yeah, is better. I get but, that. They, <laughs> 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 but that is just an absolutely wonderful goal. But uh, it, it's similar in my house as well. My dad used to when, when after sort of Italian night, you know, I was right into me football and stuff like that. He would make us watch Brazil nineteen seventy yep. team. He would make us watch that. And he would make us watch Holland's 74 total football type yeah. stuff. So it was very similar in my house as well. So I was like, you know, Holland, the thing about Holland is they always like capitulate when they get the tournament. Yeah. So it's to. mad, isn't it? But they do every time there's some kind of problem where somebody yeah. storms out or something like that. <laughs> well, every, it was, it every tournament. It was, it was Edgar Davids this time, wasn't he? He got sent home. There was issues in their squad, I think, um, in your mm-hmm. I think there was something. It was something to do with a race row or something or other. And there was a, there was a massive there was a massive divide in this in the squad. But yeah, that seemed to be. If it's if it's not the if it's not the French, it's the Dutch. Like every, every growing yeah. up, every tournament there was always yeah. something cracking off where that yeah. would hinder their chances of progress or mean that they weren't gonna gonna get to the final because somebody had fallen out with someone. But yeah, there was still a, yeah. Again, yeah. also playing in that orange shirt. There's something about playing in that orange shirt. It's just it's mm-hmm. just so iconic. And to, yeah, to, to put four past them, it was just... Yeah. It was, I think it, it was, was a, like, it, it was unexpected, I think, for England to put four past Holland, regardless yeah. of mm-hmm. any rifts in the camp or anything like that. For England to do that, you were like, oh, fuck. And that's when it gets really exciting. And you think, yeah. oh, maybe if you can beat Holland 4-1 and you can beat them in such a manner like that, maybe you can go on and win the tournament. And I think that's when it really ramps up for England. Uh, so I, I, the ones I was always fond of, I, I like I like the Croatians because that was the first real time they they sort of became, yeah. came on the team, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah. That, that, that was a good group as well. That was they were the they were the side I got to see. I got to see them beat Turkey one nil. Oh wow! Um, yeah. At the city ground, it wasn't the greatest game, but there was other games at the tournament that they played in where they were just mm-hmm. absolutely superb. The Bulgarians were a good side at the time. I, yeah. I, I know that I know they didn't have a great tournament, but they had some good players. And well, they were they had, they was still in the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's smacking three kicks in and stuff like I mean, that. He scored a few. I think. If I'd have... Being able to see Stojkov play, whether he was thirty-five or whatever, I would have absolutely snapped well, anyone's hands off at that point. That that is the thing, right? Because Bulgaria played Romania at St James's Park, right? So Hadji was playing, and Stojkov was playing. I'm not sh- too sure whether Lechkov was playing because I like him as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the only reason I didn't go is because it was at St James's Park. Well, imagine and I've we never should have been, been there, there in the whole life. We should have been there. And like, I don't so think I'll ever two of our favourite players, we, and we just didn't <laughs> go. Well, the Scotland game was a, a a funny one for me because I was 15 and I was a teenager, and me, me dad had brought us up, you know, watching football with him and stuff like that. And for some reason that I can't fathom in my own mind. I left my dad downstairs and I watched the match by myself in my room. And I always regret that, that I watched that game by myself. I don't, okay. I don't even, I don't know why I did it, okay. but that, that game, 
was obviously Gaza's goal and stuff like that, which is, I think, the greatest England goal ever, I would say. It was just unbelievable. And uh, obviously they missed the penalty that Yuri Geller caused, didn't he? Yeah, because he made the ball move. the ball from a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was me, that. I did that. I saw, an old ep- I saw an old episode of Fantasy Football this week where, where Yuri Geller was the guest and he was talking about yeah. what he'd done and how he'd done it. And it was, yeah. um, he, he's convinced. <laughs> he's a nutcase, man. What a, what a fruit. You got, got everyone putting their hands on the screen. On yeah, the TV. yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. Before, before the Germany game. So if you yeah. touch this orange spot, we'll beat Germany. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolute nut job. Yeah, but he he did bring uh, Michael Jackson to Fulham or wherever, Leighton or wherever (laughs) it was. So that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, we can thank him for that. But I think that was like the three lions sort of explosion at the end of the Scotland game, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody started singing it and stuff at at the end of that. I think that was when that sort of really caught on. Yeah, so the guy, that, the guy that did the music for that, he he did an interview where he was talking about it, and he said he wasn't. They weren't allowed to play England songs because technically it wasn't classed as an England home game. It was just a tournament game, so you're not allowed. Mm-hmm. To, you, he wasn't supposed to play songs that were for one side or the other. And yeah. at the end of the game, he turned around to his boss. He says, "I'm going to put three lines on." And his boss was like, "No, you can't." He goes, "No, I'm just doing it." He says, "If they sack me, they sack me. This has been the best day ever." And he just uh-huh. whacked it on, and that's when the whole ground sort of. Yeah, they, they, it just went, it erupted, didn't it? It just went, yeah, went viral. Still then. get, still get emotional when I watch that. But when the whole crowd and that are singing three lines yeah, they go and stuff for like it that, then, right? But um, what we should have had, Cliff, is a, a pre-tournament in Hong Kong. That's what we should have had, where we play <laughs> pub teams against the like select, <laughs> against the select eleven, against the select eleven, and just did, did, let did the know, lads go out. You, you know, know that game? A couple of dentists, yes. Uh-huh. That game, when they when they played that, they they originally thought they were getting a cap for it. It wasn't until like two weeks after. <laughs> That's right. Aye. UEFA came back and says, "No, I don't. I don't think so. You're not having one for that." <laughs> it's mad that when you think about it. It wasn't even like Hong Kong national team. It, it wasn't just it was a random. Team. Yeah, it was random. Just eleven people no. that happened to play in the Hong Kong league. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a there was a lad who played for Wimbledon. I think he might have played for Sunderland. I could be wrong, but he's called Cunningham. I think. A Kenny winger. Cunningham. He, it, no, it's not Kenny. He was there. He, he, he played for Sunderland. He did, I. But it wasn't him. It was what? And he played else. for Hong Kong. He played in that select eleven. Really? Yeah, again. Sorry, uh huh. Because it was on like nine o'clock in the morning. I remember waking up. Early yeah, to watch yeah I remember it. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friend, friendlies don't do anything for a tournament in that sense. They, they don't sort of get you up for it. If any, if anything, they put. It's like with these the two games that have happened recently. We've not really seen anything that's going to give us any inclination of what we're going to actually do at the tournament. It puts people off a little bit. So until the, until it actually starts the proper tournament, some people do find it a struggle maybe to sort of get up for it and be like, yeah, I can't wait for it now. But yeah, yeah like so. like we're talking now on the eve of the whole tournament. It's like I've all I've done for the last week is listen to previews and podcasts and yeah. chats about and, and sort of retrospectives and all that. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. well up for it now, but yeah, you watch, we'll, we'll go and get an, a 1 1 with Croatia and you'll play no one <laughs> exciting and then we'll be questioning it all again. What about <laughs> so Scotland game, Gaza was amazing, the Holland game, like that, those two before that great goal, great performance. Spain was pretty. shit. And then so only, only Stuart Pierce thing in the Spain game, isn't it? That, that's yeah. of any yeah. note where he's, 
he sort of redeemed himself yeah, from they, 1990. They also had a, a, a perfectly good goal disallowed in normal time. Yeah, but <laughs> who cares about that? We've no, no, got know, home but... advantage. It wasn't even close. Good. It wasn't even <laughs> close, was it? <laughs> but the, I was watching that earlier, and I did, I, I'm big on me football and stuff like that. I didn't recognise half the Spain team. No, that who was, they that were. That yeah. Spain side wasn't that well known. They had some hero. Yeah, uh, they had some you know, Luis Enrique and Hierro were playing like there were some big names, but I think not many and, though. No, no, I think a lot of the t- like the strike. I don't know who the striker was. You know, like there was about three or four great players in there, but overall not great. I mean, again, Spain really flattered to deceive. Hadn't won anything. It took. They were again like Portugal, like Holland, one of these teams that mm-hmm. your dad or whatever would say. Oh, great. These are a great team to play good football or whatever, but they never win anything. And I think Spain were a bit like that. It took a, a lot of work for them to win something. And then after that, Portugal. Um, but I think then you get that semi final and those moments Gaza stretching, Darren Anderton, <laughs> like yeah. hitting the post. Ah, man. Like I can remember them. I remember. Uh, this was the game I watched in the living room with me dad. And this, I think this was the first time me and him had really watched a game together. And the first time I was really involved in it, in, you know, it finished. Mm-hmm. I remember being kind of emotional afterwards. Uh, and you just, you were willing those chances to go in, weren't you? It was so close, so close so, to getting yeah. through. I, I always remember the Germany one. Um, my dad, my dad had moved. My dad wasn't living with us at the time. He'd moved out about six months before, before the tournament. And the only game I actually ended up watching with him was the Germany. And he said mm-hmm. to me, about 20 minutes before kickoff, he says, do you fancy going and watch it down the pub? So we, ra- we ran a mile and a half down, this, down to this pub that was near us, got to the door, and they said, no kids. We then had like yeah. literally five, five minutes to get back in time for kickoff. <laughs> so we then legged it back home. It was, it was absolutely knack. We felt like we played a game by the time the, by the time <laughs> Early I, goal as well. You would have missed. I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. everything. Remember everything about that game. That's one of them ones that's just ingrained on yeah, the mind. Yeah, that's it like for me. That's the, that cha- game. the chances, the yep. missed chances. It's like you can almost, you can almost feel, you, you, you almost hear Gaza make contact with yeah, that yeah, ball. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you, know, you do. But he misses. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's almost like every time you watch it, you still expect it to go in. I mean, yeah. I hope he's not listening to this because he'll definitely be crying at this point, won't he? Did you have you ever heard that interview that Anderton did about the um the semi-final as well when he yeah. talked about if they'd have scored? So he's, yeah. he's, he's, he what said what they're gonna do. The, so yeah. the plan was they'd all agreed that if anyone scored the uh, goal in extra time, which was a golden goal, the way they were gonna celebrate is they were just all gonna sprint off and run down the tunnel and just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you, when, when I heard that interview, and you think that would have been the best celebration, the best moment ever. It was just going to be like a, it was just going to be like two fingers up to the opposition, off we go, and that was it. Yeah. Just and well, you think well, back to that, and if you're, oh, if that had happened, apart that, from that, we got like, Muller prancing around like uh, a twat. That's the defining that moment, awesome. isn't it? That's the defining oh, image that of that celebration. Oh, oh. Man. Every, I remember yeah. my dad didn't like him before the tournament for. Pre- like, and rightly so. And then he did that. But that was the thing, right? It was like, oh, this guy's a bit arrogant. And then he did that. And it was uh, like, oh, fucking hell. He's like, what he's literally the worst. <laughs> like, he's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I loved watching everything back on the tournament. But this game is really hard to watch for me, I think. Yeah. Really yeah. difficult to watch. And it's for the very reasons that you're talking about. I know that Germany had like a header disallowed for no reason. 
Yeah, nothing. It, when it was golden goal. Yeah, no, game. there's no reason. <laughs> Outside of England, what's your favourite moment of that tournament? I, I think it'd have to be going to see it to see a game. Although no, I, I'd go for I'd go for the Suka chip. Yes, correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 was just that was just class, especially because you had what was supposedly the best goalkeeper in the world mm. charging out, and he, he was just talk about no man's land. That's the most no man's land any any goalkeeper's ever been in, <laughs> and it was just it was just exquisite the way the way he dinked yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's just, my. There was favorite. nothing on it. It was like a golf. It was like a golf wedge shot, wasn't it? And yeah. it, just the way it went yeah. in, that, that was that was a beautiful. What a player, so, yeah, man! Probably, what a player! What a story! What a story for Croatia as well, like coming out with the ashes yeah. of. Yugoslavia and all of that kind of yeah. stuff and all these talented players that came together for that tournament. I, I I love that story and I love that goal and and I love pretty much all of the players that went on. That was a hips that was a hipsters team before hipsters was even yeah, a thing. Yeah, Boban. <laughs> Talk about Zvonimia Boban all day. But Brett, what about you? What's your favorite bit? Favorite bit is definitely Gaza's goal. Outside of England, man. Astounded by the thing. Eh? Someone else? Yeah. You're not allowed England. What, what's your favourite bit? Not that. Except England. Did you? I didn't hear you say except. Did you hear him say that, Luke? I yeah, that's why, that's why I went for Suka. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the... Uh, oh, um, no. I'm just going to stick with Gaza. No, Sorry. Poborsky, the lob, the no, Poborsky because scoop. that Poborsky <laughs> scoop looks like a fluke. Yeah, well, it was terrible. Everybody loved it. It was awful. An awful, yeah. awful goal. You've got Suka doing that exquisite chip and then Poborsky just doing the fucking scoop at the other it looked like it's. It looked, he looked like he had sideshow Bob shoes but, on. To be like fair, that, Czech Republic, again, Nedved and these guys, I mean... Well, there are some great players in that team as well. Yeah, but I don't care about any of them, Cliff. I just care about England, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to get going with a quiz. And I've written a quiz down in my drunken state. So hopefully I can read it and remember the answers. Uh, It's a Euro quiz. So when was the first Euros? That's the first question. First Euros. Yeah. Was it 72? Okay. I, was, I was going to go 72, so I'll go... I'll go, go earlier. I'll go, go earlier. I, I was going to say I'll go 68. 1960, <laughs> apparently. 1960? Yeah. 60, was it? Yeah. Question two. Do either of you know the name of the trophy? You know, like Jules Romay and that? Is it in any songs? It's not. It's named after <laughs> is it any good songs. It's named maybe? after someone again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who it's named after. I know. I know it's named after some whoever made it or something like that. Brett, any advance on that? I have. <laughs> I have no idea, but I do have a, a story about uh, the Jules Romay Trophy. Apparently, uh, Frank Skinner met David Seaman at a film premiere. And he, uh, David Seaman, walked around and went, "Who's this Jules Romay like?" <laughs> Not in a Geordie accent, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so no, I don't know what it's called. Hen- Is it called the, the, Sausages for All? No, it's another Frenchman, I think. Henri Delaunay Trophy. Who would have thought? Rubbish. <laughs> well, I, I didn't make the name. <laughs> 
Who is England's leading scorer in the Euros overall? Whatever. Yeah. Um, and how many goals did he score? <laughs> who do you say, Luke? Who do you think? Keegan. Uh, yeah, go on. I've got Keegan. Keegan for you. Any a guess on the number of goals? That's not part of the points. <laughs> what points? <laughs> you just have points. No. We're not getting any points. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no difference. How many goals do you think he scored over all the Euros that he was in? I, I, I'm realising it's not Keegan now. I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> it. Because it's only going to be like six or seven, isn't it? Whoever, whoever's got it. Yeah, it I'm is. going to change my mind to Shearer. Okay. Brett? I'll go, I'll go Mick Shannon. Mick Shannon. <laughs> well, Luke's correct with Alan Shearer and also with seven goals. So that was him. Well, you got you got four at ninety six, and it was it five, five, five or five five, five at ninety six. Yeah. Um, okay, I can't read this question. Who did Den Denny Departures? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, who did, who did Denny Denmark? No, who did Denmark replace in the nineteen ninety two? Yugoslavia. Yeah. Denny Departures. Jesus I Christ. I think he's in uh, The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's, won. Luke's won it anyway, Brett, because you were too busy laughing, scoffing at right. Well, I'll do I'll do a very quick quiz with you and Luke, right? Where it's okay. a, a knockout I've got one or more. A sudden death. I've got one oh, more got... Yeah, but we're not bothered about it. That's the thing. <laughs> okay. Go well, on. Do, do your daft one. Who's the only... You've just said he's won. Can't I, I, can't he, I won that back? he has won because he's got two and there's only one question left. Chance so, for a consolation. I've only got one. I've got one. <laughs> one person has won the Euros as a manager and a player. Can you name him? Lofa Mateus. It's a good guess. Brett, any advance? It's not, no, is it? There's no, no advance. <laughs> There's no advancements. Yeah, close. Beckenbauer. Is, <laughs> no. is it Jordi Cruyff? No, that's further away. It's uh, former Scotland manager, Bertie Vogt. Well, I think I think this quiz was fixed, so I'm going <laughs> to let you still play one. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all facts. What about that Denmark one? That was rather suspicious. <laughs> Can it read your own writing? You're a doctor or something. All you've got to do, it's sudden death. So you've okay. just got to name one person, right, that was selected in the squad, in the England Euro 96 squad. So I'll let Cliff go first. Oh, so until we nice get to the end. Okay. So, well, until you're wrong. It's like a sudden yeah. death thing. Uh, you get it. It's a little bit easier than Denny Depatchy. <laughs> I was about to say him, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be wrong, and then Luke would win. <laughs> uh, David Seaman. Yes. Well done. What about you? David Platt. Quickly. David Platt. Well, yes, well done. Was he? I did not know. I can't remember him being in it. Uh, You're going to lose then, aren't you? Yeah, I am, yeah. Uh, Alan Shearer. I know he was in Yes. Paul Ince. Luke. Yes. Paul Ince, the coward. Um, Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> Darren Anderson. Yes. Steve McManaman. Yes. Jamie Redner. Yes. Ooh. My favourite. Gaza. Yes. 
Philip Neville. Yes. <laughs> He's going for the hard one. He is in the early, early days. Should leave them for the, the uh, last one. Uh, Gareth Southgate. Yes. Uh, Nicky Barmby. You're going for the... Have you got... <laughs> They're written down here, Luke. Well, it, it uh, helps. It helps when you've been watching documentaries during the week. <laughs> I've, I'm saving. I've got one that I'm. I'm saving for a showboat. And I know yeah. which one it is. The as one well. you're going to win on. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, the Cliff. Is it my turn? I'm going to guess it now because I'm going to lose anyway. John Scales. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the Wimbledon centre half. My my show my showboating one my showboating one to win it isn't dissimilar uh-huh. to a John Scales. It's uh-huh. uh, uh, Steve Howie. Yes. Oh, what a great guy! And you could have had for a bonus point Steve Stone. Oh, is he? Andy. I, I couldn't. I couldn't have said him because of who we played for. <laughs> exactly. You deliberately Not didn't allowed. say that. Wouldn't would uh-huh. allow yourself to say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well done. Luke just wins everything, doesn't I bombed he? Bombed out with the, with the John Skills effort. I was looking forward to being asked to name the Hong Kong Select 11. <laughs> I know. We'll do that next time. Can you do I, it? I, 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 well, I was off. I was just looking at it. Who's it? it? Go on, then. It was, was played. Dave Watson played for him. The Dave Watson, former Everton, yeah. Um, Mick Duxbury, the one that played for United. And then the, the Wimbledon one I think you was thinking of was Carlton Fairweather. That's it. Because he, he worked with me dad at Sutherland. That's, that's him. There was, there was only one player in the team that was actually a Hong Kong national. Everyone else, there was there was all like in, in, former England. What was his or, name, Luke? Who, the Hong Kong national? Uh-huh. Lee Fuck Wing. <laughs> he was the only one. Lee Fuck Wing. Lee Fuck Wing. And apparently Gary, <laughs> Gary, Neville, and Phil, Gary Neville and Phil Neville... We have had a fight after the game over who got to take Mick Duxbury's shirt. He's a former <laughs> United legend because he was good on Champ Man '94. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, well, now we know. <laughs> That's good. They fuck wing. Right, Luke. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate you coming on again. So it's good to chat to you, Brett. Thank you for your annoying quiz and yeah off colour views (laughs) 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 that's slightly harsh isn't it yeah it is we've got some music haven't we this week it's quite good it is quite good I I like it yeah does Luke know this band do you know the uh, the green circles Luke Uh, yeah we know yeah we know the green circles yes well that's who we've got this week oh nice one yeah good luck the song right. Red Red Light Revolution. I think they're from Newcastle, aren't they? From Newcastle, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, indeed. so I really like this tune. Uh, yeah, it's Green Circles, the Red Light Revolution. Uh, thanks, Luke, for coming on. Thanks, Brett. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Twitter and all of that stuff. And we'll see you next time. And we'll, are we playing for England? Right. All right. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.